Blog Talk Radio. Featured on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. All right, happy Halloween weekend. It is uh, Saturday, October 31st, 2015. It's episode 152 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And well, as always, there's lots to talk about when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. And I'll be with you here for the next 60 minutes to bring you the latest on our Bleu, Blanc, Rouge. Canadians played four games since our last episode. They won two. They lost two of them. Canadians right now, they are in a sequence. They just finished a Western Canadian road trip. And while they've played four games against Canadian teams, they have two remaining. Tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets at the Bell Centre. And on a Tuesday night against the uh, Ottawa Senators, in fact, the Canadians are starting a four-game homestand, which uh, concludes seven days from now when the Canadians host the Boston Bruins at uh, the Bell Centre in a original six matchup. The Canadians, they've played 12 games. They have a record of 10-2, and two, 20 points. That puts them first place in the division in the Eastern Conference and in the entire NHL. So that's good, right? First place across the board. And if you look at sportsclubstats.com, Canadians have a 97.5% chance of making it to the playoffs. So there's nothing to worry about, right? 97.5%, which is the highest in the league. And well, according to that same site, sportsclubstats.com, the Canadians have a 14.5% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. What are, those are good odds, right? And when it comes to the President's Trophy, if you recall, the President's Trophy is for the team defenses with the most points in the regular season. They have a 32.4% chance of uh, winning the trophy this year. Habs 360, it's the most informative, most interactive podcast out there. So we do want our listeners and our followers to participate in our episodes. And while you have multiple ways to do it, you can do it via Twitter at Habs360. You can also call us toll-free 1-877-455-4945. It's toll-free call anywhere from North America. And if you listen to us on a browser, on the Block Talk Radio on your computer, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page and you log in using your Twitter account, You'll be able to join our chat room and you can leave your comments there. Usually we have a question of the day. 
<laughs> well, not today. Could be you could talk about anything Montreal Canadiens related. Alex Salmon, Paul Byron, Lars Zeller, Michel Terrier. So there's definitely lots to talk about when it comes to Montreal Canadiens. And in fact, joining me in about 35 minutes' time will be a staff writer, Christopher Nardella from AllHabs.net. So he he's going to join me on the line, and we'll talk uh, Montreal Canadiens to get his thoughts on the Canadiens season so far. So the Canadiens started off the week, last week, last Saturday, against the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. And well, let's see how those Canadiens did against uh, against Toronto. Morgan Riley is back and has to be two-on-one short-handed. Pacioretty And we heard that Max Pacioretty, who scored his seventh goal of the season, it was unassisted. And the Canadians went on to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 5-3. to three. And with that, they became the first team in NHL history to start off the season with nine regulation wins. And in fact, it became the third team in NHL history to start the season off with nine wins. But the other two teams, that included games one in the overtime or shootout, etc. So it's quite an impressive streak for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's hear some of my post-game thoughts from Michel Therrien and Carey Price. I, th- I, thought, I thought tonight you know, we, were, uh, we were not good. As simple as that. We were not the better team. Uh, um, we played against a team that's got uh, lots of energy tonight, and uh, we didn't have any, we didn't have much energy. We because of that we did some mental mistake that uh, usually we don't we don't do. Story of the game is pretty simple. You know, the special team did a, a great job, and uh, Carey uh, was outstanding. That's a good hockey team that uh, they, they pressured hard, um, they pushed pushed on us, and um, you know they threw everything at the net. Um, you know our guys, uh, I thought, responded pretty well in the third period. We, uh, you know, we uh, <laughs> we sat back a little bit, but like I said, we played last night. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to be able to outplay every team thoroughly every night. And I thought we just uh, again found another way to win. And well, there's Carey Price, who made 49 saves at the Bell Center. And in fact, it was his most saves that he's done in his career in a regulation win. So 49 saves is a career high for uh, for Carey Price. And well, we heard Michel Terrier, and well, he said that special teams was the factor. Canadians did go two for four in that game, and as well, they did score a shorthanded goal. But the difference, I think, that it, that happened between these two teams was the goaltending. Carey Price was way superior than Jonathan Bernier. Bernier was very weak that night. He allowed five goals on 27 shots. And, well, it wasn't some high-quality goals that Canadians scored. Bernier probably would like to see most of them, if not all of those goals back in in that game, but besides the goaltending, Toronto was a better team overall than the Montreal Canadiens, and the score of 5-3, from the way that, he, that uh, this game played out, it easily could have been the other way around, and the Leafs get the win over the Montreal Canadiens, but that's not how it worked. The goaltending is part of, uh, of the team, it's part of the result, and well, bringing he didn't step it up against the Montreal Canadiens. And in fact, I haven't looked it up, but it's probably something that could be looked up. He hasn't seemed um, too good against the Montreal Canadiens. Even in the first game of the regular season, he allowed the weak goal there against uh, Max Pacioretty. So I'm not sure if he puts himself some extra pressure and can't perform when he faces the Canadiens. So that led to the Canadiens heading over to a Western Canada to start a, a three-game Western Canadian road trip. And it started off with the uh, Vancouver Canucks, where the Canucks all over the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 5-1. Of, uh, to one. The only goal scorer for that game for the Montreal Canadiens was Tori Mitchell. Let's hear some uh, post-game thoughts from uh, Brandon Gallagher and Max Pacioretty. 
No, I think this is, you know, this is maybe what we needed. Um, you know, everyone was telling us how good we are. I think we have to understand that, um, you know, it's still going to take work. It's still going to, um, it's still a process. You have to stick with it and continue to get better. And um, we took a step back tonight, but that doesn't mean uh, we'll have any trouble refocusing and get ready for the next one. No, it was a poor effort to start the game, especially in our own end. And, uh, you know, we had chances in the first, didn't capitalize, but, um, you, you know, you can't just abandon your own end. And, and uh, they get up to a 3 nothing lead. And, um, you know, it's tough to come back uh, in this league against that lead. So so that was the Canadiens' first loss of the season. So their, win, their nine-game winning streak was over. They weren't able to, uh, to, to beat the record and create a record of uh, winning 10 games in regulation or, in fact, starting off the season with, uh, with a 10 and no record. And, well, Gallagher spoke that this could have been the best thing that could have happened to this team. Max Pacioretty said that it was an embarrassment. But, in fact, in this game, I found the Montreal Canadiens actually played better than they did against the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Don't get me wrong. I think the better team did win. I think the Canucks were better than the Canadiens. But I don't think they were that much better as the score would indicate. So if you look at the score sheet and you see 5-1, you think that the uh, Canucks dominated, but that wasn't the fact. Braden Prest, former Montreal Canadian, made some quotes before the game, maybe trying to get into some players' heads. Did that work? Uh, who knows? But in the first period, he played about, um, let's see, what was it? He played a total of 8 minutes and 43 seconds in period number one. And got a pair of assists. So he was, he didn't impress with using his fists or doing some body checking. He did some damage to the Montreal Canadiens with his hockey stick. And well, that's what we wanted a bit more from Brandon Price. Well, actually, that's not his primary role, but uh, him getting a couple more points is uh, is uh, is definitely something that we, we that the Canadiens would have appreciated. And well, if you look at the stat line, you see Carey Price allows five goals on 28 shots. So the easy thing to say is put this on the goaltender, but there was a lot of bad bounces. Not only when he came into the goals, but one of them, example, did go off Nathan Bollier and went to Carey Price. The first goal that was scored by the Canucks, it was a bouncing puck that Price couldn't hold on and went into the net. But altogether, it was a game where this season, up to this point, the Canadians were getting all the bounces in their favor. And while against the Canucks, that wasn't the case. The bounces went against them. So let's see if the Canadians, after getting the first loss, if they would recover from it. And while they moved on to face the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton, and while in the first break, Canadians took a 3-0 lead. So, so far, so good, right? But then they blew it. The Edmonton Oilers scored four unanswered goals in the second and third period. It started off, actually, with under a minute to go in uh, period number two. So, in fact, they did this in 21 minutes. The Oilers scored three goals, sorry, four goals, to get a 4-3 win over the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Let's hear some uh, post-game comments from Max Pacioretty, Carey Price, and then the coach, Michel Terry. Put our foot off the gas. We, we, you know, we, we think we're untouchable when we get up in a lead like that. Leave our goalie stranded. It's uh, you know I'm a little bit embarrassed, but uh, you know we have a game tomorrow. We got to come back and uh, you know prove that this was a fluke and, and uh, you know that's not our team. Now we're still in a very good situation at 3-2 up on the road, and uh, we didn't take advantage of it. Um, we continued to uh, to sit back and try and make plays that weren't there, and they took advantage of it. And uh, you know they they are basically out earned it for two periods. Ben, on, durant toute la deuxième période, là, euh, complètement dévié euh, de notre plan de match qui est euh, inacceptable. On s'est mis à, à jouer fin de à perdre des rondelles. Euh, C'était qualificatif pour être utilisé là, pour euh, une performance en partie de la deuxième période. So I'll translate quickly the comments of uh, Michel Terrier. So he said that as of the second period, the Canadians didn't follow the game plan at all. The Oilers capitalized. He said that his players tried to be a little bit uh, fancy when he came uh, after that. 
And well, in fact, the Canadians had an excellent first period. Even when you look at the shots on goal total, it was 11 to 5 in favor of the Canadians after the first period of play. But then in the second period, it was 11 5, but for the Oilers. And then the third period again, it was 11 5 once again for the Oilers. So all three periods of shots on goal total were 11 to 5, but it was just the Canadians led the first and the Oilers the second and the third period. And it was a game that. I would say the second period and the third period, especially in the third. The second one was pretty boring, not not much action happening on either end. But in the third period, it was all Edmonton Oilers. The Canadians were just, I don't know, I guess a pathetic performance that they put in the third period. And it was a game that started at 9 Eastern, so I know a lot of people did go to sleep, especially after they saw a 3 nothing win for the uh, lead for the Canadians after the first period. But then if you woke up the next morning and you looked at the scoreboard, you're wondering to yourself, like, what happened? So I think it was a back back to old habits for the Canadians from last season where they had a lead, they sat back, and while they tried to rely on Carey Price and well, at the end, they ended up paying the price. And I don't mean it that it was Carey Price's fault that uh, that this happened. So another tough loss for the Canadians that made two of them in a row. They went to a quick turnaround in the Calgary to face the uh, the Calgary Flames. Hopefully the Canadians did better. Let's take a listen. Thomas Bocanis trying to move it. Brody six breaks on the play. Throws it in the net. Here's Petrie up with it. Petrie hanging on at the line. Bowie scores! And, well, the game did go better. The Montreal Canadiens, 6-2 winners over the uh, Calgary Flames. What a difference in this one. That was Nathan Boyer who scored his first goal of the season. It was a power play goal in the first period. And at that point, they gave the Canadiens a a 2-1 win. Michael Condon was in goal for the Habs, his third in the NHL. And while he's 3-0, he made 30 saves. And for the Calgary Flames, in goal was Gioni Ortio. He allowed six goals on 31 shots. And, well, once again, I think the goaltending was a problem here for the Calgary Flames. They weren't able. They didn't get top-quality goaltending. And, well, the Canadians took advantage of it by scoring six goals. And, well, this game, it was never close. The Canadians were the a lot better team than the Calgary Flames. So after the first two games in this West trip, when the Canadians lost against the Vancouver Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers, well, a lot of negativity from from Habs fans when it comes to social media. I think there was a lot of negativity on social media, like I said, from the media, etc. Because, well, we saw a lot of things that uh, we saw last year happening. And, well... Canadians finished second place in NHL last year, and well, a lot of a lot of us weren't happy, right? Why would we, right? Second place in the league, not a big deal. So it's a time to panic. Canadians ten and two record so far this year. Last year, when the Canadians finished second in the league, well, twelve games in, they had a record of eight, three and one. So the Canadians, in fact, have more points right now than they did at the same point last year. So there's no need, no need to panic. They went on a on a little down. They lost two games. And while we saw last night against the Flames, they came back strong. I, okay, Calgary Flames aren't the best team. I agree. Tomorrow night, they're facing the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets, they're a great team right now. They have a record of 6-3-1 and one in 10 games in the Western Conference. So that's not bad of a record. So so they're pretty hot uh, as well. So that will be another big test coming up for the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, who are the the real Montreal Canadiens? Because, well, the ones that we saw as of the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs since then, or is it the ones that we saw before, the first seven games of the regular season? Because in the first uh, seven games, make that eight games in the regular season. We saw the Canadians in the third period 
even if they had the lead, they would take it to their team. We even spoke about it several times here on uh, the podcast to keep going after the team, try to finish them off. Where we saw in the game against the Oilers, they sat back and old habits came up. They got, at least on a scoreboard, they lost 5-1 against the Vancouver Canucks. And the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, well, it was a Carey Price show is the reason that the Canadians uh, beat the Leafs uh, seven days ago. Who are the real Habs? Let us know. And well, as well, we did see the Canadians bounce back again against the, the Calgary Flames. And I think we have to give props to the Canadians' leadership team, the the Max Pacioretty, the Brendan Gallagher, the P.K. Subban, the Markovs, the Plekanets. Because after a sequence that the Canadians just did, that they went through, the captains are definitely important. They need to step up. They need to give a message to their team about the way that they played So we're going to take our first break here on Habs 360. Coming up on the other side, I'll tell you who are, who are my winners and losers of the week for the Montreal Canadiens. And our phone lines are open. You can reach me via Twitter at Habs 360. You can call us at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs 360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs 360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Resto Resto Bar and Grill wants you to come and sample the food that you have been accustomed to. Pizzas, subs, barbecue chicken, ribs, burgers, pasta, hand-cut smoked meat, and so much more. Service has been and will continue to be personal and friendly. Staff and management are committed to providing you with quality and quantity. You'll be surrounded by numerous televisions, including a video wall for all Habs games and sporting events, and a full-service bar where you can unwind after work to meet old friends and make new ones. Zesto Resto Bar is located at 690 St. Catherine West and is open for breakfast seven days a week. For more information, visit the website at zestoresto.com or call 514-395-8555. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to the Halloween edition, I guess, of uh, the Habs 360 podcast. I'm Chris G at Chris G uh, 1980. And while the Canadians facing the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night at 7 Eastern at the the Bell Center, and don't forget, you can reach us. Our phone lines are open for the entire episode at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. You can also reach us on Twitter at Habs 360. Now, we know there's lots to talk about, so let's get it started. And we'll go with our winners and losers of the week. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. So there we go. We had that nice intro leading into uh, the segment. I probably should uh, remember that. And uh, Habs the Stanley Cup, why not? Like I said, that's one of the questions I just received now on social media. 
And according to uh, sportsclubstats.com, like I mentioned earlier, Canadians have a 14.5% chance of winning the uh, the Stanley Cup. All right, so back to our winners and losers of the week. I'll begin with the winners. And, well, I'm going to give three nominees. I should say three runners-up. And then I'll announce who the winner of uh, the winner of the week is. So my first runner-up is J.J. Daniel. About It's about the power play. They had a good week, but let's hear the coach talking about the power play following last uh, Saturday's game against the Leafs. Okay, and we're moving the puck a lot more. Uh, we're a lot more aggressive to the net. And uh, with the aggressiveness, aggressiveness to the net, you know, give us opportunity to score and we capitalize on it. And well, since our last episode, the Canadians have been 4 for 10 on the power play. So that's 40%. So that's great, right? That puts them, if, the Canadian, if any team finishes with a 40% power play for the season, well, it's pretty uh, impressive. It will definitely be uh, first place. And in fact, in the last seven games, if I did the math correctly, Canadians are 8 for 21. So that means 38 percent on the power play and right now if you look at the league the Canadians are in the top 10 they're ninth right now overall in the power play with a 23.8 percent and something at least particular is that we see the Boston Bruins first place in the league with 35.5 percent and we know the Bruins are not off to an awesome start to uh, to the season and well I have a theory that if the team is winning or if the team is performing well, I won't judge the coaching staff. So the power play has been doing well. And I've seen in the last couple of games that uh, the second power play unit has been Galchenyuk, David Ernest, De Luis. Not sure uh, the relevance of this, but the power play, like I said, 40% in the last uh, 10 opportunities and 38% over the last seven games. So I guess I'll, I'll move on. I'll, uh, I'll close my eyes on that one. Now let's move on to my second runner up. It was to the Canadians latest acquisition, Paul Byron. Yeah. Byron will play. Uh, Paul will play his first game tonight and we excited to give him the opportunity. Um, it, we wish we could have put him earlier in the lineup, but uh, uh, with the streak that we uh, we were having, it's really what was really tough uh, to make any changes. So uh, I think we uh, end up losing the game in Vancouver. I think it's the right time to make some changes. And there we go. Paul Byron made his debut against the Edmonton Oilers earlier this week. He was off the sheet uh, during that game, but then last night against the Calgary Flames, Paul Byron, one goal, one assist, plus two. So it is a great start for him for the Montreal Canadiens. And one thing that we saw, especially last night in that breakaway, that shorthanded breakaway goal that he that he scored was his speed. The Calgary defenseman was... Right next to him, and well, he wasn't able, he wasn't even close to Paul Byron. Paul Byron, small guy, but we saw he was very, very quick on uh, on his skates. And while the coach said that Paul Byron will remain in the lineup for Sunday's game against the Jets, no news who's out. So if you have any comments on that, you can also send us uh, via Twitter, Haps360 or give us a, a toll-free uh, call. The third runner-up, well, a fourth-line player of the Montreal Canadiens, Tory Mitchell. Mitchell, off of the puck, drops it for Yemelin, shot, scores! Tory Mitchell on the redirect for the... Latestu trying to tip it by Gilbert. Smith Kelly there to get it. Smith Kelly checked along the boards by Slutchev. Tori Mitchell on it. Mitchell scores! And Tori Mitchell scored a pair of goals one against the Vancouver Canucks and one against the Edmonton Oilers. 
and he also put up a couple assists. So he had two goals, two assists this week for four points, and for a fourth liner, boy, is Tori Mitchell bringing it this year for the Canadians. And, well, Tori Mitchell has five goals. That puts the only players that have more goals than him are Dale Weiss and Max Pacioretty. So uh, he has more goals than Lars Eller. He has more goals than Asgal Chenyuk. He has more goals than uh, P.K. Subban. And he's been consistent so far for the since the beginning of the season. And in fact, even his line mates, Devante Smith-Pelly and uh, Brian Flynn, who are relatively the fourth line for most of the season up to now, they've had an excellent start. So getting some more scoring from the fourth line, that's definitely important for, for a team to be successful. And now, well, our winner of the week, are you surprised? I'm a little surprised of uh, the name they'll be announcing. I wasn't expecting him to be a, a, our winner of the week, but it's definitely an honor that is that is earned by Dale Weiss. Fired around the boards. Weiss got a piece of it now, brought up by Fleischman. Here's Fleischman checking up. Wade drops it for Weiss. Scores! Russell checked as he plays it around the boards. Dale Weiss there to cut it off. Giving it off for Fleischman. Back for Weiss off his skate. And Prolique had trouble with it. Here's Weiss with the shot. Scores! Can you believe it? Dale Weiss with a hat trick last night against the Calgary Flames. It was his fourth, fifth, and sixth goals of the season. So Dale Weiss has scored six goals in 12 games. If you have, if you prorate that, that means Dale Weiss is off to a 40-goal season. Is that going to happen? I, I, it won't. It won't happen. I'm, I'm ready to put any bets. So if anybody thinks that Dale Weiss will actually score 40 goals this season, hit me up, and we'll put a bet. We could bet whatever you'd like, because that's a bet I'll definitely take. And well, the the noise, the support of the crowd they gave Dale Weiss. We saw hats on the ice for Dale Weiss's hat trick. It was just awesome. We know Canadians fans, a lot of them in uh, in Western Canada, and a lot of them were out there for last night's game against the Calgary Flames. And it's, and it's hard to believe. I still can't believe that I'm going to say what I'm going to say next is that Dale Weiss carried the team yesterday to victory with three goals. Dale Weiss. First goal, it was through the five-hole, probably not the best goal, uh, a goal that uh, one of the top goalies would uh, would stop, but not last night. It went through, and the Canadians, 6-2 winners over the Calgary Flames. And well, a discussion that we're not going to have today, but we're going to have to, well, the Canadians management team is going to have to start uh, thinking about and talking about if they haven't already made a decision is well, Dale Weiss is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So they'll have to make a decision. Do you bring him back? And if you do, do you start negotiating now? Etc. So we know all the discussions that, uh, that come with a pending unrestricted free agent. So Dale Weiss is our winner of the week here on HAP360. You can let us know who your winner of the week is on the Twitter at Hab360. It's time now to move on to the losers of the week. The first one, it says Sportnet. And whoever was pushing the buttons on when the Canadians faced the Canucks on a Tuesday night. Because while if you lived in the Montreal region, we're supposed to be able to catch the game on City TV Montreal. And while the broadcast did come on, and the game came on, and we had the Vancouver commentators. One, uh, we prefer John Bartlett. John Bartlett, who has been on Hat 360 in the past, and hopefully we'll be able to get him back on again this season. John Bartlett does a great job for the Montreal Canadiens broadcast. So we missed him for, I would say, probably the entire 
first period, but then they pulled the switch and John Bartlett and Jason York were were back. And well, another thing that Sportsnet messed up was when they were showing the graphics with the line to start off the game, the fourth line of the Canadians had Travis Moen and Randy Bork. Can you believe that? These guys have been gone for a team over a year. That's inexcusable for a Sportsnet to make that kind of a mistake. You, if there if there was a spelling mistake, a typo, etc., you know, still not professional, but understandable. But when you're way off on these kind of names, so that's why Sportsnet is my first runner-up when it comes to losers of the week. Second runner-up is one of the followers uh, on the Twitter. His name is Z. Last night during the game against the Calgary Flames, he sent me a tweet at 9.48 p.m. So this was, I would say, towards the end of the first period. And I'll read you what he wrote. He wrote, Good call tonight to bench Price. He has been brutal during the last three games. Hopefully he and Semin can learn something from it. So, so after when I asked him if he was being serious because there's no sarcasm or anything about the carry price, he replies, yes, are you seeing the same issues with him? I think that he needs to chill out a bit. This best goalie has got into his head. So, Carey Price, he wasn't at his best in the game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and he wasn't at his best against the Vancouver Canucks. But Z, he mentioned that it was his last three games. Well, three games ago, three starts ago for Carey Price was the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where Carey Price made 49 saves, and he was named the second star of the game. It was a career high to the Canadians. To a victory, so I'm not sure where he comes up with uh, with saying that he's been brutal. He was not his best, that I agree, but brutal, I don't think so. And well, the timing of his comment was pretty bad as well because we heard from earlier in the week uh, an interesting quote that came from Ken Hitchcock, coach of the St. Louis Blues. And what was weird about this is that. This wasn't following or right prior to the game between the Canadians and St. Louis Blues, his comment. It was just a random on a Tuesday where he writes, well, he writes, he said, I should say, Price is psychological. He's in people's heads. There's too much talk about him. It's approaching Hasek status. It's not good for the league when it gets like that because you're already down one or two zip before you play the game. So Ken Hitchcock, who has been in hockey for a really, really long time, give some high praise to Carey Price. So I'll take his word over um, over Z on Twitter. Third runner-up is, well, Michel Terry. I don't think he had a good week this week. And the reasons why I put him, well, I think the fact that he sat Alex Salmon, I don't think it was the right decision yet. And it's probably kind of odd considering that for the last two weeks, I I mentioned him as one of my losers of the week. But Salmon, he came in a new team, new environment. He needs to adapt. And I think it was a little too soon to sit him out, give him a couple more games. And then, well, if you want to pass him a message, you sit him out in the first game against uh, the Oilers. The Canadians lost. I'd probably bring him back against the Calgary Flames. There's... There's no reasons why he should sit out a second game. And what happens now? The Canadians are beat the Calgary Flames six to two. Winnipeg Jets coming back, coming in town tomorrow. Do you bring Salmon back in the lineup? When the coach has been saying, "Well, when you win, you don't tweak the lineup." So I'm probably expecting that Alex Salmon won't be back in the lineup tomorrow against the Jets. By the way, let us know via Twitter at Habs360 and let us know if whether or not you would bring Sam back in the lineup and if yes, who's out. Another reason why Terry was a uh, runner-up for loser of the week 
is the inconsistencies, the way that he handles David Dernay and Lars Zauer. David Dernay in the game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers on a winning goal, he looked bad. Really, really bad. And, well, he had his regular ice time. He's always had his regular ice time. I don't think David Dernay has ever lost a shift under under Michel Therrien. Lars Zeller, last night against the Calgary Flames, when he came during the first period, he started getting benched. He barely played. And for what reason? I didn't see anything in particular that merited that kind of performance. But don't get me wrong. I don't think Lars Zeller has had a great start of season. But if you're looking at the games against the Oilers or the Canucks, there's probably another five, six, seven other players that uh, didn't have good games as well. And nobody except for Lars Zeller are, are the ones who got uh, punished, I guess you could say about it. And Lars Zeller, once he got benched, he came on. There was a goal allowed right away. Then he took a penalty. He ended up playing a total of nine minutes. And the third reason that I have Terry as a, as a nominee is, well, that for the games against the Vancouver Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers, Alexi Emlin had more ice time than P.K. Subban. And I don't understand what the reason for that is. There's an interesting stat that P.K. Subban has been on the ice for 28 of the 45 goals for. So that means he's 62% of the time of the goals Canadians scored this season, P.K. Subban has been on the ice. So why is Alex Emelin getting more ice time than him? Has Alex Emelin this week or those two games, was he really much better than P.K. Subban? I don't think so. I don't think P.K. Subban was at his best at those games as well, but I don't think Emelin was any better than him. And well, for the winner for loser of the week, for the Montreal Canadiens, you it might be surprised, but I give it to the Canadian general manager, Mark Bergevin. And the reason why I I nominate Mark Bergevin as the winner of uh, as the loser of the week is well because he wasn't able to address the needs of the Canadians getting a top six forward, which we've been asking for for who knows for how long. Well it forced Michel Terrier to play Brian Flynn on the second line when uh, when Alex Semin was scratched. Don't get me wrong, if if uh, Byron would have played instead of Flynn, I don't think it would have made a difference either. But Flynn's not a top six forward. Byron isn't a top six forward. And while well, when you pull out Alex Salmon, there's no other depth for the Canadians right now. And it's kind of weird that I'm telling you this because the Canadians have scored the most goals in the NHL so far. They lead the NHL for most goals forward, which is quite surprising. But still, I think the Canadians who want to take it to the next step, a top six forward is what they need. To recap, winner of the week, Dale Weiss. Loser of the week is Canadian general manager, Mark Benjamin. Let us know who are your winners and losers. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. We're going to take a break now. On the other side, we'll be joined by Christopher Nardella, a staff writer from allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? 
Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 152 of the Habs 360 podcast on this uh, Halloween weekend. I'm Chris G at Christy1980. And well, you can keep your comments coming on the Twitter at Habs360, and we'll be reading a, a couple of them. Well, we'll be reading all of them in a couple of minutes. But joining me now on the line is a staff writer for allhabs.net. Twitter handle is C-H-R-N-A-R-Habs. Christopher Nardella. How are you doing, Christopher? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you. And thank you for, for coming on. And before yeah. the break, I announced as uh, Mark Brezhevay is the loser of the week for the Canadians. And what what are your thoughts on that? Ah, uh, I mean, when you look at um, some of the names that moved at last year's trade deadline and um, some of the prices being thrown out there for some of these players, I think, I think I think Bergevin, um, and he knew that the team wasn't at its peak yet. I mean, when when he came into office originally in 2012, 2013, he 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 laid out that it would be a five-year plan, and that was year three. And the team was not playing at its at its highest ability, but this season I think he's trying to make a big deal at the deadline to, to uh, address that need up front. And one is and and don't get me wrong, the, the acquisition of Alex Semin, I was one of them as well. I think it was it was a low risk signing that he did a one year, one million dollars, and I think we all expected that he would either be a home run or he'd be uh, he'd be a bust. And while well, the coach has sat out Alex Semin for the last two games. Uh, do you see Alex Semin coming in tomorrow night when the Canadians face uh, the Jets at the Bell Center? I, I don't know about that. Uh, Paul Byron had uh, quite the performance last night. And, uh, Brian Flynn was mediocre, but I, I, just, I just think um, against the big Winnipeg Jets team, they, they, play, they play one of the roughest styles in the NHL. I, I don't see Michel Terrier uh, taking the collar off Alexander Semin and throwing him in a lineup against a team that. Uh, 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 that being said, he played against the St. Louis Blues and scored a goal. Mind you, that goal was uh, uh, led in weekly by the goaltender Jake Allen. It counts. And uh, I I doubt that we see him in the lineup tomorrow night. And last night it looks that maybe Lars Zeller is in the doghouse. What are your thoughts on that? Look, there aren't really any options for Michel Terrier at this point. I mean, you're not going to reinsert Alexander Semmer to the lineup as as the aforementioned Winnipeg Jets come into town. I just think he he stays in the lineup by default. Uh, the the team's in need of some scoring um, against the big Winnipeg Jets team because I don't think that the the bottom six is going to keep on putting the puck in there at the same level uh, they are right now against against. Um, the Manitoba native team, and uh, I think Lars Eller sticks in the lineup. Yeah, and we all remember that uh, Lars Eller. I think he likes the Winnipeg Jets. He got a four-goal game against them yeah. a couple uh, a couple of years back. Yeah. And well, the Canadians here on the West Coast, in the sorry West Canadian road trip, they faced the uh, Canucks and the Oilers. They lost a couple of games, and the game before that against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they didn't look that well. 
uh, who do you think are the real Habs, the ones that we saw prior to the game against the Leafs or the ones that we've seen in the last four games? Uh, I think, like, in many situations, it's uh, somewhere in the middle. I mean, the game against the Leafs, they, they're coming off a, 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 a game, the, game the day before, and I think it was just it was just blown up comparatively to what happened in the first game of the season. They they were the least put up a good fight in that game, but I think it just um it came to fruition more since the Canadians are more tired. But um yeah, it I don't think they're gonna be able to um keep the play going that they had earlier on in the season. So it's somewhere in the middle. And twelve games in we still haven't seen uh Jared Tenorti. We still haven't seen Craig Pattern on defense. Do you think these guys will ever play a game with the Canadians? Uh, frankly, at this point of the se- at this juncture in the season, I, I don't think there's a reason for them to play a game um, aside from their development. Uh, the, the defensive core has been outstanding. I mean, Alexa Yamlin and Tom Gilbert, who were the two perceived deficiencies in the back end uh, going into the season, have, have been very out- have been outstanding relative to the way they played last year. I mean, Gilbert has flashes in the playoffs. But uh, Alexa Evans was just atrocious last season, and he's been one of the team's best defensemen, as you say, playing more than more minutes than P.K. Subban. And what about the, what are your thoughts on the Canadians' power play? We know it was a big, um, it sucked last year, right? So I don't know how else I could say it, and especially in the playoffs. And so far this year, it seems like they've turned it around where it's they're 4 for 10 in their last. Uh, power play stats 40% and they're in the top 10 in the league. What do you think they've done different? I think they're just, just puck moving. By no means is this a um, a new thought, but I, teams play the aggressive box against the Canadians and because they couldn't move the puck quick enough last season, it would work perfection uh, as you can see during the playoffs last season. But uh, yeah, just moving the puck more, game, moving, Getting the puck downloaded, either David Dernay or Max Pacioretty is going to come around the net and then set it up on the half wall. Uh, they, they, they really, they've really been very good this season. And uh, twelve games in, what's been your, I guess, the biggest surprise for you so far for the Canadians? I mean, without a doubt, it's been the fourth line of uh, either, either Paul Byron or Brian Flynn on that wing it hasn't really mattered. As you saw last night with Paul Byron getting two points, albeit his goal is a bit weak on the part of Yoni Orzio, but it's it's just been the forecheck has been ridiculous for the for the Canadians. They've created loose pucks, they've they've uh, generated shot attempts, puck possession has just been outstanding so far. And I think more so than anybody else in that line, Devontae Smith Pelly, uh, he's been, he's been very very good this season, as as I say on the forecheck and putting pucks in the net, as he did his first last night. And uh, last night, Michael Condon was in goal for the Canadians, his third career start. He's won all three games, and he's been relatively stable like and consistent since since the preseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wrote a piece about this a couple of weeks back, but I, think, I just think Michael Condon's style is more conducive to becoming a backup goaltender. I mean... He relies on his positioning and his physical abilities to see pucks and make stops, while Dustin Bukarski kind of has to get into more of a rhythm and uh, has to feel the puck early on in the game to to make stops, as you saw in his final preseason game this season against the Ottawa Senators. He, he just got bombarded by weak, by shots uh, early on, did not, excuse me, did not get bombarded by shots early on, and and he led a couple of weak goals in, and which which uh, resulted in him getting sent down to the minors. And, uh, and one last question before uh, before I let you go, Brandon Gallagher, he's already scored four power play goals this season. Last year, for the entire year, he had three. So he's he's stepped up when it comes to Canadians, and I think he's been a good example when it comes to the power play for his teammates. Yeah, I mean uh, Gallagher. Also, his goal totals have really been a microcosm of uh, the Canadians' power play this year. Also, them getting more pucks to the net and moving, you know, having more movement on the power play has really resulted in him getting more opportunities down low. Uh, yeah, I mean, his goal against the Detroit Red Wings was kind of, um, as they say, the microcosm of his career so far and how he's yeah. found ways to put pucks by goaltenders in unconventional ways. <laughs> 
All right, perfect. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, no problem. So that was uh, Christopher uh, Nardella, staff writer from uh, allhabs.net. His Twitter handle is chrnarhabs. I just tweeted out a couple of minutes ago, so you can just go on there and um, look at his Twitter handle and you'll be able to follow him. He writes lots of pieces for uh, allhabs.net. So before we sign off, we've gotten a, a couple of tweets from uh, from our listeners and our followers. First one comes from Philip Simmons, who writes, he's from uh, from Alberta. In regards to Alex Semin, he wouldn't put uh, Semin back in the lineup. He'd bring up Charles Ludon and uh, Michael McCarron. And we all know McCarron, he, he had a good game, uh, a couple of good games this year. And Philip goes back and says, and he adds that he would actually waive Alex Semin. So I think it's still too soon to take it to that step. But thank you very much for the tweet, Philip. Uh, Andrew on uh, Twitter. Andrew writes from, we don't know from where he writes, he'd bring back Semin, he writes, yes, absolutely, that line has great chemistry. So thank you very much for the tweet. Nino, he writes, try Semin back, give Eller a rest. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Nino. And who, based on what we saw yesterday, it's very possible that uh, Lars Eller, if not the game against the Jets, sooner or later he might be a, uh, a scratch. Homme de Paix, so he writes, he's from uh, Montreal. He he wouldn't put Semin back in the lineup. In fact, Brandon, Brandon underscore Habs, he'd bring Semin back in the lineup. So there you go. So Semin has at least one fan. Next one comes from Nick. He tweets us from Tampa Bay, Florida, a Habs fan. And he writes, Semin and Eller both are hurting Galchenyuk's development. So Galchenyuk, I think he's been... Okay, I think he's been all right. You know, he's not having a, an awesome season, but I think he's good. And when it comes to Lars Zeller and Alex Semin, if like I mentioned earlier, if you don't put those two guys in as top six forwards, then who do you put? There's nobody else left for uh, the Canadians. So thank you very much for the tweet, Nick. Next one comes from uh, Olegniak. And he writes... Is Terrian playing mind games with Eller? Or is there more to this between the two of them? I'm concerned about Eller's confidence. And if you remember, a couple of years ago, we were seeing the exact same thing when it came to uh, Michel Terrier and uh, P.K. Subban, where they were saying that, you know what, P.K. Subban doesn't like Michel Terrier, Terrier doesn't like Subban, etc., and that uh, Subban would leave from the Canadians because of the coach, and well, look what happened. P.K. Subban signed a nine-year extension with the Canadians when Michel Terrier was still the coach and knowing that Michel Terrier still has a lengthy contract with uh, the team. And the last tweet comes from uh, Isabel King. Uh, when it comes to who are the real Habs, he writes, all it is called team. Thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Isabel. So the Canadians playing uh, three games until our next episode, all three games at home on uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern. The Jets are in town, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet 360, and in French on RDS. In fact, all three games this upcoming week can be seen on RDS in French for viewers in Belleville East. On Tuesday night, the Senators are in town at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and that game could be seen on City Montreal, and you can see it, the Ottawa broadcast via TSN5. So it is one of the rare times you can, that this happens this year. In fact, it's the only time that it happens this year. So that is, I'll be watching that game from uh, the TSN5 point of view. Really miss those guys uh, doing some hockey games. So every opportunity I can get, I'll definitely watch a game on their, their feed. 
And then Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern, the New York Islanders are in town, a game that could be seen on City TV in Montreal. So coming up next week, we'll be looking back at the Canadiens' homestand. We'll see in what stretch and how they're doing at that point. Uh, we'll be previewing an original six matchup against the Boston Bruins next Saturday. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Thank you to Christopher Nardella. Thank you to everybody for participating. We'll talk to you again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for an edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.